Hello, and welcome to the Unapologetically Imperfect Podcast. Hi, this is Claire. And this is Keon. And this podcast is for all those mamas out there. Whether you're a working mom, a work-from-home mom, a stay-at-home mom, a single mom, a married mom, all moms. Because sometimes being a mom is the absolute best. And sometimes, girl, it's the absolute worst. This is your midweek mama moment to get you over the hump. We're going to start with a little mama dance party right now. Take a moment just for you to dance like nobody's watching. Remember how good it feels to move your body just for you. Go mamas. Go mamas. Go, go, go mamas. Prove it out. Welcome back. I am so excited about this episode. We have child specialist and psychologist, Dr. Jefferson with us. Yay! Welcome, welcome. Hello. How are you both? We're doing very well. She is going to catch us up on all the things happening with our children and puberty. Ooh, this is going to be a good one, y'all. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So mama, sit down, hold tight. This is going to be a good episode. Maybe even take out a notebook. Ooh, yeah. Take some notes. (laughs) You're going to need it. So I want to start with just a general question. What is puberty? Puberty is twofold. When we're talking about physiologically, we're looking at the changes in the body for young girls. It's moving from girlhood to womanhood. Yeah, get over it. They do that. (laughs) We're looking at the lumps, bumps, and curves that develop on them. On boys, we're looking at the voice going down to the basement. Yeah, moms, I'm sorry. That's sweet, boys. It's going to talk to you. <laughs> I know. It's the worst when they start sounding like a man. You're like, who is that? I know. <laughs> they start developing facial hair. Yes, that face is dirty, but you can't scrub off the hair. <laughs> I'm sorry. Their muscles get thicker and more manlike. But there's also that part of puberty, which I'm going to address today, is more of their mind, their mindset, Uh how they think, how they feel, how they express their emotions, some positively, (laughs) some not so positively. Hang in there. That's what she's saying. Hang in there. So when does it start and when does it end? Mm. That is the question of a lifetime. Generally, (laughs) I wanted a solid answer. She wanted a definite. Here is the general. It actually, for girls, can begin at age eight. Eight. Okay. Sorry. Yes. And go through age 14, 15, around in there. For boys, they do it a little differently. They start about nine or 10 Mm -hmm. and move through to about 16. So if you have male, female twins, you're just going to be in it for a long time. (laughs) Oops. Oh, my goodness. 
So what is going on inside of our kid's brain during puberty? Like, what is going on in there? Yeah, why? Because sometimes we can't even figure that out. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Oh, they can't figure it out. Here's here's an easier way to think about it. Psychologically, our children go through stages. You know that they go through... Um, primary narcissism, which is called the terrible twos in common language. Great news. They do it again. Oh, yay. That's the whole puberty brain. It's called secondary narcissism. You know what? That's a good way to think about your teenager. They're just two again. (laughs) Yes. Right? (laughs) All over again. But see, here's the difficulty. When they were just two, you could pick them up and move them to where you want it to be. Mm, It's a little more difficult. Yeah, when they're 14 and 16. (laughs) And bigger than you. Yes, they don't pick up so easily. No, no, they don't. But they are still having that same tantrum. The difference is a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old can have a bigger more explosive, mm-hmm. more emotionally charged tantrum, but it is exactly the same, the same thing. thing, and you need to handle it exactly the same way. Turn and walk away. Okay, that is your best. I was about to say, we weapon. supposed to put a fourteen-year-old in timeout? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I said you're in timeout. That's all they want. Oh, good. <laughs> no, you put the mama in timeout. You take your phone your magazine, you suddenly have to use the bathroom (laughs) because they can enrage you more quickly than anything. Mm. So if you give yourself the timeout, you're You're less likely to hurt them. Yes! (laughs) Your child will get to live another day. So how, but how do we help them? Because when they're two, we know that they don't have words. At 14, they do have words. So how do we help put the tantrum into words in a way that we can support them or help them? It's interesting that you say that because they really don't have words. They don't know how to explain to you what what they feel because they've not really felt this in a verbal setting or position before. When they did it the first time, They had no words and you knew they had no words. Well, now they're experiencing it again, but they don't have words from the previous episode. And now you're asking them to explain to you something they never felt before. Mm, So good insight. It could happen. Oh, I feel velvet. Sweetie, what does velvet mean? (laughs) Right, right. Well, I feel all soft and and squishy and 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 that's not right. I need to be hard and strong. Whether Ooh. it's male or female, they don't necessarily Understand. have the the verbiage to give you. So that's when you as mama can say, "Are you feeling sad?" Same as you did when they were 2. Ooh. Are you feeling frustrated? Are you angry? Try to give me words. Help me know what you're feeling. Then I can help you. I know what to say if you tell me what's going on. That makes sense. That really makes sense. So when should we start talking to them about these changes that are about to happen, especially with our girls, if it starts at eight? 
Yes. This conversation is lifelong. Mm. It begins at their first breath. You start getting ready so that when they're four or five and fully verbal, now your neighbors may not appreciate your daughter talking about her vagina or your son talking about his penis, but if you give them language early, they can tell you what's going on much more easily. Mm -hmm. So this is a conversation that happens throughout their lives, even after they've gone through puberty, even after they've graduated from college, even after they have gotten married and have children. This is a life process. While it has a beginning and an end, physiologically, emotionally, it does not. Mm. I am 65, (laughs) and there are days when I would say, Man, I could really talk to my mommy right now. Oh, right? We always need our mom. Oh, yeah. I feel that a lot because sometimes I have questions that I'm like, ooh, a question pop in my head. I'd be like, well, who am I supposed to ask now? <laughs> right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So if you enter this phase with the thought that this is how our life is going to be, this is how I help you help me help you. Right then we can do this more smoothly and actually logically because now we will have developed code words for I'm feeling it today, mom. I'm feeling it. It's like, well, take your feelings to your room. <laughs> take them to your room. So they don't spill into other parts of the house. Yes. And I have to do something. <laughs> and you, exactly. Help me help you. Help me help you. Right. So, Save you from me. Right? When you get your words together, then come back and we can talk about it. I like framing it that way. Well, it's kind of like what I said. It's kind of like the invasion of the body snatcher. Totally. Your child becomes a different person. I remember my oldest in seventh grade, I told told Claire, and I think I've told our listeners, I did not like him. Yeah. And I really felt bad for a moment. I was like, is it wrong to not like your child? I loved him dearly. Right. But he went through a period of time where I was like, "Mm, Mm, who are you? Here's the, the, (laughs) the, the, the real crux of that. He didn't like him either. He did not know who he was. Everything he did and knew was now gone, changed, and different. He woke up and all of a sudden his body is doing a different thing. When he speaks, the voice sounds differently. When that cute girl passes, he feels differently. Either he likes her or he doesn't. He used to think she's cute. Now she's got serious cooties. It's, <laughs> it's very, very different mm, for them. They don't know who they are. And they, I've actually shared it with him. I'm not shy. I told him I did not like you. And stuff. <laughs> He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you were like a different person. And all I kept thinking was, oh, this hopefully passes. Right. Hopefully. hopefully. And it did. I love the idea of the lifelong conversation, right? Like right. I, I think so often we think, oh, they're 18, they're at our house, the conversation ends, mm-hmm. or we have to wait for a certain moment to have the talk. Like I love the idea of, no, this is something we're always talking about, but it seems mm-hmm. like sometimes our kids are resistant. You start mm-hmm. talking and they put their fingers in their ears. La, 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 I don't want to hear. I don't want to. Like, why are they so resistant to it's because about they bodies. don't understand our society, our culture 
Western culture has decided sex is bad. So anything having to do with sex is a bad, sneaky mm. thing. And I certainly can't talk to my mom mm. or my dad or anybody about this bad, sneaky thing. I can talk to my friends. But what I tell clients is that, sweetheart, you have that question. You are 13, you are 14 or whatever. What makes you think that other 13 or 14 right. has answers? Exactly. They, don't know, they don't know any more than you do. Mm. So I instruct them, if you can't talk to your parents, you feel really nervous, ask for your favorite aunt to come and sit with you while you talk Ooh. to your mom. Let your mom be the eavesdropper. You mm. talk to this aunt while the mom is sitting there, ask mom, wait till the end Before to comment. Right? <laughs> right? Don't the jump end. in. <laughs> right? And let them have that talk out. And you and that favorite aunt, meaning the mom, develop a code that you tap her. No hitting, no pinching, no, <laughs> no, no scratching. When she is going a direction you don't want her to go. Mm. You say, no, that is for your child, my child learns it this way. Right, right. So you develop that code before. So, but even if they're resistant, we should still continue Absolutely. to have that conversation. Because it's Absolutely. just uncomfortable. I think that's what it, it is. is. They feel uncomfortable talking it's uncomfortable. about it, right? They don't know what's going on with their body. And they don't want to talk they, about that and their body. N- exactly. And then, they, and then even if you say the words, I've been through it, then it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I really don't want to talk about it. Oh, it's like, whoa. Exactly. Because they don't understand. All of a sudden... They could go outside and if they took, you know, the girls took their shirt off, it was no big deal when they were five. Well, at 13, you got these little things happening on your chest and they are uncomfortable. You don't like anything touching it. So you certainly don't want anyone talking mm. about it. Not at all. But here's the thing that I that I tell parents. The reason we talk about things, whether they want to hear it or not, it is still information that they need mm. to have. So right. true. We instruct parents of deaf children to sign all the time, every single conversation, especially the ones you don't want your child to know about because children learn passively. Mm. They learn by overhearing. And if you don't have that information flowing around them, in front of them, to them, then they are going to fill in the blank with the most incredible, outrageous, <laughs> illogical, information, stupefying information. <laughs> yes. mm. For example, where do babies come from? Well, they know they don't come from the cabbage patch, but... <laughs> We're not sure which hole they come out of. They come out of a hole. Oh, yeah. I'm, right. I'm pretty sure one of my children has said, that. did you poop me out? Like, oh, right. no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start again. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Or myself, when I was in the fifth grade, people said, well, if you don't have a period, it means you're pregnant. Well, I didn't have my period. Mm. And it's like, I've been pregnant for a long time. <laughs> when is something coming out? <laughs> and then I started my period. And it was like, well, what happened to the baby? And then a friend said, no, no, no. It's when your period stops. It's when you have a baby. It says you're pregnant. 
Well, then one day the blood flow stopped. And I was terrified. I cried for a week straight. Mm -hmm. And my mother would say, well, what's the matter? Nothing! (laughs) Here I am in the fifth grade and I'm having a baby. What am I going to do? They forgot that little key piece of information (laughs) on how it takes two to tango. (laughs) Right? What I know about tango. We do not not spawn these children on our (laughs) own. (laughs) Nobody told me that. Oh, wow. And this is why we cannot let our children get information from their friends. They're going to screw it all up. Right? (laughs) This is why it is a lifelong conversation. It is part of nature. It is part of our bodies. It's what our bodies do naturally. And so we talk about it. You talk about them getting their first haircut. You talk about them losing their first teeth, getting new teeth, how important it is to care for the new teeth. The same thing with the body changes. It is important that you moisturize all of your skin. The new breast, the new penis, the new everything must be moisturized. You can't just wash your arms and never your chest again. That's not going to (laughs) work. That's just really not going to work. And for boys, because it got bigger, that means I don't have to wash it. Please, ladies, they do. Yeah, they they, they please, do. Please do. They do need to wash it all, of all it. Of everything it. from head to toe. Yes. <laughs> Here is the key to know that your boys are really starting puberty. Mm-hmm. They smell bad. Oh gosh, what is it? Why? They smell oh, so like they badly. almost want to like dip them in Lysol. Or something. something. They oh, start the smelling smell. like fish that rotted. 10 years ago. Right. That and sweat. That just that funky, funky sweat. Oh, oh it's, it's bad. <laughs> so bad. And different places on their body smell differently, but equally as bad. Their feet smell. Oh, the feet oh. are the worst. Don't take your shoes off in my car while just I'm ever. drying. Just I'm like, a, let's just leave the shoes on forever. Right? I'm like, I really don't want to smell it. Right? right? <laughs> but, you know when you're driving also, you go, yeah. who took off their shoes? <laughs> I'm going to pull this car over. That's it. But here's the other thing. They become allergic to water. Why? Um, At the moment where your body needs the most soap and water, suddenly it's an affront to your humanity to get in some soap and water. So what does it mean when they start taking showers without you asking? Because we have hit that phase and I'm like, well, hallelujah. I don't even have to ask. Maybe that's for the next seminar. (laughs) I'm afraid I might not want to know. Is he playing with a, a lot of extra soap or conditioner in the shower? Well, it could be, but it's more likely a girl told him yeah. he didn't mm-hmm. smell That's good. what I said. I said, what's her name? <laughs> what, what's yeah. her name? Why are you showering? What's her yeah. name? I know it's a girl. Yes. All right, UI Mamas, we got to take a quick break and pay some bills. See you soon. Okay, so we know that girls go through hormonal shifts around the time they start getting their period, their menses. Is there a way to track a boy's hormonal shifts? Yes and no. So sorry. Boys, where girls become more weepy, more sensitive, don't look at me. You're not looking at me. Why? (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. Boys do similar things. Oh, my man. 
But I'm not a man, Mom. I'm just a boy. No, what is? Oh, they want to be a man when it's convenient. Then it's like I'm just a kid. Oh, wait a minute! But you was just a man yesterday, (laughs) so we can go back and forth when we want to. I'm gonna be a kid tomorrow. How about that? Or the (laughs) other thing for you to notice is he's become more forgetful. Oh, his head. You know he would leave it somewhere (laughs) if it wasn't attached to his body. You said you had no homework. Well, I forgot I did. Oh, gosh. I'm, I just thought that word was, those two words were just a cop out. Because I know I used to use it when right. I was a kid. I and I know daggone well I didn't forget. So I tell my kids, now, do not use I forget. Because I used it already. <laughs> and I know I didn't forget. That's just an excuse right there. Uh, so that's really a part of puberty? It's a part of puberty. Oh. Specifically, boys, girls, remember everything mm. yesterday mom you told me that my hair was only three eighths of an inch long remember now you're telling me it's an inch no mom i remember you said last year that hair only grows a quarter of an inch. <laughs> remembers everything a boy can remember nothing mm. i recall my mother sent my brother to the store eight times for one loaf of bread, he'd get to the store. Forget. He'd forget he had to walk back home. What was I supposed to get? Bread. Oh, yeah, bread. He'd go back to the store, and then he'd come back home. What did you want? You wanted milk? No, Stanley. Bread. This happened, I kid you not, eight times in the store was less than 10 minutes from oh, home. I know. This is before happens. you had phones where you could text them. Hey, don't forget this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Y'all needed a texting situation. But what's, what's happening is he's being distracted by all these new things because he is now aware of how girls look. He is being activated by how girls look. Mm. He is thinking what he should do about how girls look. <laughs> he is trying to figure out what that means for him, how girls look. Do girls look at me while I look at them? These are things that he never had to think about mm. before. It was never important. Before it was Ken Carr's crash. <laughs> right? You know, oh, well, if I throw it over here, it can crash. Well, I don't have a car in my hand, uh, but I can still make that broom sound. Now it's outside of them in a way that they can't control Mm -hmm. because you don't know when a girl will pass his vision or his memory and his entire being changes in response to that. So he really does need the reminders of everything. Mm -hmm. Brush your teeth, all of your teeth. Not just one side. Not just the front. Uh, right? Not just the front that you can the see teeth. when you smile. You must put toothpaste on the whole toothbrush. You <laughs> must both both sides. And yes, spit it out in the sink. Do not let it drip on the floor. Remember, ladies, when you were telling them how to use the potty, how to mm-hmm. aim for the Cheerio? You might need to throw Cheerios in again because he's in a hurry and you will find more drips now than you did when he was I know. like Preach three. it. Preach. No, I just said sit down. Just sit down. If you can't, if you can't make it happen, just sit. I'm sorry. 
I'm so sorry. is there something specifically we can do to help them manage the up and down? So we know that it's going to happen. It's a part of puberty. But are there tools or resources we can give them? Because we're not always with them. And they're not, right. my always concern is like, you're not always with people that love you. You're a school. Exactly. And the teacher isn't going to be thinking, oh, this sweet baby is going through puberty. No, they don't even think that. Right. So what can we do to help give our kids tools to manage those? One of the things is continuing conversation. Mm. Always. There is always a conversation about something on Remember, son, you're going to forget. So stick a note in your pocket. I'll stick a note in your right pocket. You stick a note in your left pocket. Remember, look at your pocket. Check your notes. Always remind them you're going to have to try and remember today. You are still responsible for what you must do, whether you remember or forget. So what is it that's going to help you remember? Because kids have phones now. You can set an alarm on their phone yeah. that says, pass in your work, you finished it, turn it in, because they'll shove it in their backpack. Mm -hmm. You will find that they're failing a class and every single assignment is sitting in their backpack. A, right. they forgot to turn it in. B, now they're embarrassed to turn it in. To so they turn don't do it, it in. It's late. Exactly. C, you're going to be angry because they didn't turn it in. Everything says don't turn it in. Moms, I don't know why they know we in. have access to all that stuff now. Yes, I literally yes, have screenshotted and texted it to a child at school and said, What is going on? <laughs> why? <laughs> why do you have four missing assignments? Oh, I'm gonna get it. Oh, I, I know I turned in that one. Oh, it's every yeah, they're, and they're they know we the check. They know we can check. Because your access doesn't connect electronically to mm, their brain. I know. That's Check what we it. need is next. download into next. the brain. Next. <laughs> That's what's <Yes>. next. <laughs> and what about like the emotion? Like I find both of my children spike and dip like so quickly. And sometimes mm. within the same hour. Mm. That is pure adolescence. The 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 <laughs> here's what's sad is that the adolescent is absolute impulse. Mm. Everything they do is impulsive. Every thought is impulsive. Why can't they walk from one end of the room to the other end of the room and not knock over the chair, not forget to pick up the ball they just dropped? Not, because it didn't happen right in that moment, right mm. in their eyes, right in their hearing. All they can do is react. Right. Think of a kitten and this kitten is activated by everything. They cannot walk across the room. Has anybody ever seen a kitten walk a straight line across the room? No. <laughs> they walk like they're drunk. Yes, because they're seeing everything and wanting to respond to everything. Overstimulated. And, yes, and that is what's happening with our young people. Their brains are actually being rewired. It's changing. It's turning. And th they don't know about it any more than you do. They're taken by surprise just as much mm. as you are. So think back again to that two-year-old who's discovering everything. Mm. This same non-two-year-old is discovering everything in themselves. Mm. The world is all brand new to them. They don't 
respond the way it was because it doesn't hit them the way it was before. It's all brand new. Think about fireworks for their first time. Mm. Their bodies are going through constant fireworks. Oh, that's a good image. Yeah, the synapses. So <laughs> is there something about puberty that prevents children from thinking before <laughs> they speak or act? Right? Because you, mm. you know what it is, too? I think as parents, we forget that we once were there. So we think automatically, like, why are they not getting this? Like, it's simple. But just making <laughs> logical connections. I mean, not only that, because my child this morning, one of my children, I barked out, like, do you, you getting ready? Ah! Like, it was like, and I was like, <laughs> helping the other child. And I said to the other child, I'm going to hurt him if he does not change the tone in his voice. <laughs> right? Like, you need to think before you open your mouth. That's all I need to say. Like, just think. Is there something that prevents them from doing this? Yes. I'm nodding my head like on the little bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, it's all that hormonal stuff bumping into each other. Yeah. Oh my God, hormones. What <laughs> what I tell moms is keep a bottle of water handy, hand it to them and say, oh, you need to thin out that mix. Does <laughs> <laughs> it really work? Not really, but it helps everybody feel better in the moment. <laughs> it diffuses the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Put some water in your mouth so no words can come out. Exactly. Listen, exactly. exactly. Maybe okay. you need to eat so you can stop talking. Yes. And maybe that's what we need. <laughs> Take a sip. Well, see, they can talk mm. around food. Mm. That's why you want to give them water. Mm. Because if there's water in you your mouth, talk you and can't drink. talk. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. That short circuits, whatever that line was that you know, the punch end of it was going to really end up in a punch. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So also I find our kids want more privacy, which I mm -hmm. want my children to have privacy. But how do we determine the line between privacy and secrecy. You know who your children are. Mm -hmm. You've lived with them and you know, you have an idea when they're hiding something right. or you're not sure. Knock on the door and say, I'm coming in. You just knock on it and say, I'm coming in because they will say, don't come in. Well, they could be killing themselves on the other side, figuratively. And literally, mm. unfortunately, we have a huge growth spurt in teen adolescent mm -hmm. suicide. Yeah, it's so sad. And so privacy is no longer private, parents. We have such things that are harming our children. And because they're in this vulnerable phase in life, they require more oversight mm. than they did before. We have drugs coming at them, alcohol coming at them, sex coming at them, bullying coming at them, and they don't really know how to handle it mm. because their brain is rewiring. It's all this peer pressure. Right. Yeah, it's all peer pressure them. and their personal pressure, mm -hmm. right. not to mention what they think, what they want, what they fear is all coming at them you know which times a day they should be dressing and not dressing. So you knock on the door and you go in. The knock doesn't say you wait for permission. Yeah, the right. knock says announces my arrival. Mm. Yes. Okay. So in that time, you need to be more eyes on 
more hands-on, more verbiage going back and forth, more conversation between the two of you, three of you, how many, however many there are of you. You all need to be talking, looking, listening. And if you're thinking of this as a life process, what you're doing is creating better communication, making communication more normal, Mm. and they will free up conversation about more things that you would not have gotten had you kept things confined to a conversation, a topic. This needs to happen continually. Exactly. Always. Whether it's a male child or a female child, a 10-year-old child or a 17-year-old child, or one who's off to college. So what are you doing? Did you get your homework done? Ask those same questions because this is a life process and we all want our children to outlive us. The worst thing in my heart and my mind is for a child to stop that short. Mm. Yeah. Because of something that could have, a conversation that could have been had. And I had this conversation with my kids because my daughter has had one or two suicides at her high school. And um, I told her, her and her brother, I said, yeah. look it, there is nothing so big that cannot be discussed, handled, or taken care of that you need to take that route. Yeah, that's right. absolutely, like, is not even an option. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. don't even think that that's an option. There is nothing that big that that's an option. Exactly. Everything can be t- can be dealt with or taken care of or talked about or figured out. Everything. Yeah. Exactly. Because exactly. I told them that it's, it's, it's a very selfish act. Yes, and it is. a lot of times the people are not thinking about the people that get left behind. Well, or and even thinking about put two minutes from now with right. our kids, right? I feel mm-hmm. like our kids hyper-focus on this one moment and that, you know what, in an hour, somebody else is going to do something dumb and they'll be laughing at them, not you. So In an hour, you don't even have to wait an hour, give it 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing about adolescents, particularly around the puberty age or process, is that Everything is super serious for that space of 10, 20, or 30 seconds. Right. And that's all it is. They live life in the right this moment, Mm. in this second. But give them five minutes and it will change. Mm -hmm. All you've got to do is get them to that next 15 minutes. Well, I was telling my kids, I that was one of the things I valued with my relationship with my mom is I felt like I could tell her anything. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter has, we have that relationship now. She told me when her boyfriend asked her out. She told me when she got her first kiss, like called me from school. And her friends <laughs> were like, telling your mother? She was like, <laughs> yes. You know, and my youngest one just told me yesterday in the car, I like somebody new now. I mean, the fact okay. that he was open enough to be right. able to tell me, and we talked mm-hmm. about it. Who is she? Oh, yeah, I remember her. Like, right. how long have you liked her? Kind of like, you're wow now. She likes me too. And, you know, just having those conversations. Right. I feel blessed that they're open enough to have yeah, those conversations. Right. Because I feel like far too often we are trying so hard to give them their privacy that we have no idea what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You don't know who their friends are. You don't know know. what they're doing. You don't know anything that's going on and you will miss something. Right. If you do not have those kind of relationships. Exactly. And you don't have to be nosy. I'm not sneaking in a room trying to find a diary or anything, but we are having conversations. We are talking. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, I think this has been such a good conversation. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me is like thinking of my kids going through puberty as that two year old 
it's just so helpful to try to like, okay, be understanding. Because mm-hmm. it's so hard to, or should I say so easy to just be frustrated? Yes, because of, we think too often that they need to think like adults already. Yeah. Like I, I find sometimes I'm saying to myself, like, what is so hard about this? It's logical. Right. And we forget. Right. Like we were once that age. Crazy. It wasn't logical to us either. So I think this is good because it kind of is like that little reminder. Like if you, like you said, if you think about it as a two-year-old going through a tantrum, mm-hmm. you'll take a step back and before you like lose your mind, <laughs> right? <laughs> you're gonna breathe a second and be like, I'm not going to lose it right now. So I'm going to take a a beat and then we're going to reconvene. So well, mamas, we hope this helped you out. Those of you moms who are going through it with your kids dealing with puberty girls, we're going to pray for you. Absolutely. Yes. You will make it through. Yes. Take a deep breath. Message us. Comment. (laughs) (laughs) In social media, we will all commiserate together. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if this episode blessed you in any way, please pick three moms that you know and share this episode with them. We'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation on Instagram at you underscore I underscore M-A-M-A-S. On Facebook at Unapologetically Imperfect on Twitter at you underscore I underscore mamas on YouTube at unapologetically imperfect and on our website at www.unapologeticallyimperfect.net. Have a blessed day, UI mamas. And remember being the best mom is not about being perfect. It's about being perfectly perfectly you. you.